All right, welcome back to One Fourth TV. Um, we got Utah Tech star guard uh, Isaiah Pope here today. How you feeling today, bro? Feeling good, man. Just had a little practice. Uh, nothing crazy. Got some food. Just chilling. Yeah. All right. So, um, I mean, a lot of people don't know you had an interesting journey to how you ended up at Utah Tech. Um, but before we go there, I kind of want to talk about. Uh, your journey after high school, you was a ranked three-star by 24-7 coming out of high school. Uh, what was your recruitment like? Honestly, my recruitment was pretty low coming out of high school. You know, uh, I played for a really elite travel club, Counter Magic. We had a lot of good guys on that team. And so I didn't really get to play that much. Didn't get that many looks from, from college coaches on the circuit. Um, but then... You know, my senior year, I had a good senior year in high school, but, you know, coaches thought I was a little underdeveloped, you know, kind of goofy, was skinny. So, you know, they wanted – a lot of coaches wanted me to go JUCO year or, you know, prep school or something. So going into the summer before freshman year of college, I didn't really have any offers uh, except for, like, JUCO was wanting me to come. And then late in the summer, I went to a tournament for, like, a senior showcase or whatever. And uh, Coach Kinder from Humboldt State was there, and he seen me play. And he actually was the only school to offer me. Uh, and I committed, like, three days before school started, packed everything up, and then went up there. That's crazy because I don't even think I ever told you this. Like, to this day, I still watch high school basketball and all that. And I remember seeing you, like, on the Beach City Hoops platform and all that. And you definitely was good enough to go D1. So when you came to Humboldt, I was like, I don't, I don't know how Kendra pulled that off, but that's that's a solid pickup. Um, and then I guess you played your freshman year at Humboldt, and then how did you get up? Uh, end up getting to Dixie State, uh, which is now Utah Tech. Um, you know, as you know, we had a good year that year. I had a good year statistically, you know, freshman year, all that. And so uh, when Kendra got let go. You know, my parents sat me down and they were like, we should maybe explore, you know, going to the next level or, you know, getting somewhere higher, somewhere better. And, you know, Humboldt was taking a while to get a new coach and they weren't really doing well at communicating with me on what was next. So I decided to enter the portal. And, you know, when I hit the portal, I had a bunch of I had like every D2 in California tell me they wanted me to come. And then Division One wise, I had uh North Dakota, Idaho State, uh, some interest from Sac State, um, maybe another one I was forgetting, and then uh, Dixie State. And so, you know, it was COVID had just hit, so everybody mm -hmm. was in the house. It was a lot of Zoom meetings. I didn't really get to take any visits because, you know, they weren't allowing visits. Schools had been shut down. And so I knew my boy Frank was already out here at Dixie. So when they offered me, I called him. And I asked him, you know, what does he think? You know, how is it over there? And he gave nothing but but a good word in. And so, you know, out of the top ones that I had, Dixie had the best location. And since I couldn't take any visits, you know, at least I knew I knew somebody here already was on the team who knew the system. Right. And so I took his word for it, and I, and I just committed here. Man, that's what's up, man. Um, now, I know going from, going from high school to play in any level of college basketball, whether it's JUCO, D3, D2, D1, whatever, it's going to be a difference in just pace and overall talent level. What was the actual adjustment like going from Humboldt to D2 to going to 
uh, do you want, was there like a learning curve that you had to overcome or? Yeah, I think so. You know, just simply off at the base level, I mean, the athletes are better in most cases, you know, guys are stronger. They're more, you know, in tune with their bodies. They know their games very well. They know what they do right, what they don't do very well. So that was a big one was for me still like physically developing, developing because I was still young, you know, I was 19. And then um, I would say pace was another one. You know, the game is much faster, much more uh, precise. At the D1 level, the coaches are really big on, you know, running things the right way and timing and stuff like that. So it took me a minute to get used to that. But, um, you know, once I figured it out, you know, the game starts to come slower and you see plays and you make reads and stuff like that. But I would say those two things were the biggest, biggest adjustment for me. Heck yeah. And you could tell uh, you look a lot more comfortable this year, uh, really having a breakout year. You're averaging about 13 right now. Um, coming off of not a, a season high, but coming off 24 against um, Southern Utah. Um, how, what did you do to get to that point? Um, I, I've seen you personally put in work, uh, but, what, but what led you up to this point? Uh, I think confidence was the biggest key. You know, uh, we lost one of our big scores last year, who four men graduated. And so I knew that, you know, we had our point guard coming back who scored a lot of points, but somebody else was going to have to pick up the slack, you know, to help him out. And I just, you know, wanted that person to be me. And, um, you know, thankfully this year, like last year, I had to deal with some injuries and stuff that were kind of holding me back. Mm-hmm. And this year, you know, I've been pretty healthy all year and just was confidence. You know, I knew I know what kind of player I am. I know the talent I have. And I just wanted everybody to see it, you know, so I think it's just believing in myself and going out there and, and making the plays that I know I can make. I think that's the biggest part for me. Yeah. Um, so I saw you had – you went on like a three-game tear, averaged, averaged like 25 points in that three games. You had like 25, 23, 27. Um, were any of those games uh, like the game where you felt like – like, all right, I'm here now. Like, I'm just as good as anybody on this level. Or what was that game for you so far on the D1 level? Yeah, that was, you know, that was big. Uh, our point guard had, you know, he had been out for like five, six games. You know, he had an oblique strain. So he couldn't play for a few weeks. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I was having to bring the ball up more and all that. And, you know, the coach just wanted me to take on a bigger responsibility and try to make up for, you know, him not being there. And... That was really what I did, you know. I said, okay, he's not there. There's a lot of shots that are going to be missing. I'm going to pick up some of them shots. I'm going to pick up some of them, you know, fast breaks, the, you know, making plays, assists, stuff like that. And so, you know, you have 21 game. You think you can do it again the next. And so, yeah, you yeah. know, I did it the next, and then you do it again. And, you know, it just builds on itself, really. So I was just trying to take a bigger responsibility for the team, trying to help us, you know, get some wins. So I would say that was the first game, you know, when you shoot it great, you know, you feel like you can average 30. So for sure. you got to keep building up on that, really. Man, that's dope, bro, for real. Um, who, who's been your toughest matchup at the uh, D1 level um, from a player perspective, not even just the team? Oh, man. We're going to play some good teams. I would say – Last year, we played Gonzaga over there. Um, 
Drew Timmy is really good. He you know, dog, he lived bro. up to the hype. He lived up to the hype for sure. Great college player. He's up there. Um, we went to U of A this year. They had a really good um, point guard, Kirk Creasa. He, you know, torched us for like 25 and 7 or something like that. And they're big men. Um, I would say those two, those two guys and their teams collectively were probably the biggest, biggest games I've ever played in for sure. Mm-hmm. But also the, you know, it's just that when you get to that high level of a of Division One, those guys, all of, most of them are all you know extremely elite at what they do. So that was just an eye opener for me. Yeah, um, I feel like when when you get to them higher levels. That the atmosphere kind of stands out more than just the actual basketball game itself. I remember we played against Kansas, and the atmosphere in Kansas Kansas is just crazy. Like you know, it's full of people, everybody yelling. Um, you can barely hear your teammates, your coaches. What's what's been the craziest atmosphere you played in so far? Like I said, man, it's it's tied between Gonzaga and U of A because Gonzaga's smaller, but it's sold out. Yeah, like in the student section, right there on the court. So I mean, we're warming up and they're doing their chants and they're jumping, and the floor just starts shaking like wires trying to do layups sure. and stuff. And <laughs> U of A is huge. You know, their arena is huge. I think it was like sixteen thousand people were there or something like that. Yeah. Crazy and uh, GCU too. Every time I play at GCU. It's rocking, you know, sold out, smaller gym like Gonzaga, but those fans are nuts. So I would say those are probably my top three, you know, craziest atmosphere that I've played in for sure. Yeah, um, Gonzaga is crazy. We we played there too. Um, they student section goes crazy. Even hour before tip-off, they in warm-ups yelling at you and stuff. Um so what what would um what kind of advice would you give to somebody Coming out of high school, maybe they, they feel like they're playing pretty good. They don't have the recruitment that they're looking for. Uh, what advice would you give to them as far as just to keep moving forward? It's just work, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to take it one day at a time. You can't compare yourself to other people, what they got going on, you know, what situations they're in. You got to just focus on yourself and believe that, you know, you're going to end up where you're supposed to end up. Because, you know, that's really all you can control is what you do, how you work, your mindset. And, you know, you just have to hope and pray everything else figures itself out. You know, it's really that simple. You, you know, a lot of people try to oversimplify it and complicate it and worry about too much that they can't control. So you just have to focus on yourself, lock in with yourself, make sure you're ready for when that time comes. Because, you know, a lot of times the times come and people aren't ready and they miss out. So. Last thing you want to be is not ready. Heck yeah, man. That's always important. Um, I know, like you said, COVID hit since you've been in college. Has it, uh, you, has it affected you at all? Or do you think like it's giving you more time to just work on your game and, uh, prep yourself to go to the next level? I think COVID, yeah, I think it has helped. You know, I mean, it was a crazy time playing that year, you know, with the mass and everything and limited fans and stuff, but you know, everybody got that year back. So, you know, it was really just a free year to, like, learn how to, you know, play at that level and, you know, what you need to work on, what you're good at. So I think it's helped, honestly. Yeah. Well, I think it's helped, you know, 
it's just it was like basically a free year. Like everybody got a free year to just develop and 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 play against good people and work with your teammates and your coaches. So I think you know as much as you know bad as COVID brought, I think for college athletes, at least for me, I think it was beneficial. Like Brady, um, what's what's uh, is there a difference in facilities as far as like um, going from D two to D one? Like the locker room, uh, maybe you guys have a training room or something. You know, we really didn't get much of that um, at Humboldt. We kind of had the the basic level things. What's uh, like the facilities like for you guys at Utah Tech? Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, Humboldt State, our locker room wasn't even in the gym. You know, I remember <laughs> we had to walk outside and walk down the stairs. So, yeah, we got a locker room in the gym. Uh, brand new training facility here, you know, a lot of cool things, cold tub, hot tub, underwater treadmill, a uh, bunch of tables to get work on, like nine different trainers. Uh, we get all the, you know, sleeves and pads and the space boots for your recovery and, you know, massage guns, all that stuff. Uh, brand new, you know, uh well, I would say like the gear, we get more gear, more shoes, more sweatsuits, all that type of stuff. You know, we couldn't even keep our sweatsuits at Humboldt. Man, for real. We <laughs> couldn't keep nothing, bro. <laughs> yeah, crazy. <laughs> and so, you know, we get like three or four of those. And Can y'all you know, just go ask for gear whenever you want it? Uh, For like the base stuff, like if you need more sleeves or something or like compression shorts and stuff like that, yeah. yeah. Um. But, like, for sweatsuits and stuff, they really give you all of that, like, you know, that you need. You don't really need more than that yeah. unless you lose it. Um, yeah. I would, And then, like, road trips and stuff, better hotels, you know, better meals on the road, uh, more, you know, uh, scholarship money for housing and stuff like that. So there's definitely a difference um, from D1 to D2 for sure. I and I'm at, I'm at a, a mid major too, so I, the high majors are even crazier. Yeah, the high major. That's probably you probably feel like you're in the league once you get to that point. Man, definitely. I know dudes that you know go to UCLA and they went to Kentucky and stuff like that, and it's really like the league at that level. You know, of course they got to go to class and stuff still, but you know they got they their dorms are like built into the gyms and like they could just walk over, get in whenever they want. And, you know, they have rooms where they can chill and they got always have food for them and stuff like yeah. that. So I actually I seen a video of uh Kansas they dorm. They had like a whole practice gym in their dorm. That's that was crazy to see. I don't know if you it's saw nuts. anything like that, but it's man, nuts. that's nuts. Um so what's what's uh what's your plans after college? Um I know of course everybody wants to play pro. Um I feel like you got a good chance, man. Uh, you can shoot the ball, man. So it's a spot for a shooter on any team in in any league. Um, is that part of your plans, though, to try and go pro, uh, maybe NBA or overseas, or for sure, uh, for sure, that's you know something I want to do. And you know, with the COVID year, I have one more year left of eligibility still this year, even mm -hmm. though you know I graduate in the spring, so I can explore that option. You know, maybe play one more year, try to get some more stats under my belt, some more footage. But definitely, you know, I'm not too good to – I don't think I'm too proud to play overseas anywhere. And, you know, eventually if I make it to the NBA, that would be great. But, you know, I just want to – I don't really want to get a real job. You know, as soon as I'm done, I'd like to keep yeah. hooping. 
you know, while my body's still feeling good. So <laughs> I definitely think that I would I would go pro somewhere. I do want to go pro somewhere. That's that's fire, bro. Heck yeah. Um, how did you? I meant to ask this earlier. How did you even get to to basketball? Um, was it something that always came natural to you, or somebody kind of have to put you in it, or? So my dad played when he was younger. He went to Long Beach State, um, played there, went to Long Beach City, and then he finished at Seattle U. So, you know, uh, he put a basketball in my hand as long early as I can remember. You know, like three, four years old, I was in the rec leagues, playing at the park with him, all that type of stuff. And I played football too, baseball a couple of years. Didn't really like baseball. I played football all the way up until high school. And then, you know, I just made a decision that, you know, I always was I always was good at basketball. I think I was always the best at basketball. So I decided to stick with that. And, you know, they wanted me to play in high school, but it's too much on the body, too much practice. Yeah. You know, you get to miss out like your whole summer and stuff. So I wasn't really trying to do that. So I just decided to stick with basketball. And, you know, I knew I was going to be tall. So I just figured it would work out best for me. Yeah, that's dope, bro. Um. We're pretty much going to keep it short uh, today. I ain't going to hold you up too much longer. Um, and then for guys, um, maybe there's some guys in JUCO um, or guys on the lower level that want to transfer up like you did, um, would you have any advice for them as far as um, just getting to that next level? Kind of the same thing I asked you about the high school guys coming out. Oh. Uh. You got to know your role, you know. You got to play, pick something, pick one or two things that you're really good at and perfect those, you know, because coaches are looking to fill spots at this level. You know, not everybody's going to be a star. Not everybody's going to play 35 minutes, touch the ball every time down. Like, you got to get in where you fit in. So, you know, if you're really good at rebounding and defense, then you just focus on rebounding defense. A lot of people think coaches look just at stats, but, you know, all these coaches, they watch your film. You know, from every game, they watch every aspect. So you have to just learn what you're good at and, and try to perfect what you're good at. And most of the time, there's a spot for you somewhere. Uh, everybody needs people that play defense. Everybody needs people that rebound, pass, shoot. You know, whatever it is you're good at, just, you know, focus on that and, and try not to uh, do too much. You know, it's really a lot of people try to do too much. It's, it's, it's more simple than that. Facts. So, that's a fact, man. I think that's a lot of thing that most people overlook when they think about playing college ball, that you really got to know your role, man. Uh, when you get to college, the coaches are uh, no nonsense. Uh, if they feel like you can shoot, they want you to shoot. They don't want to see you dribble. They Like you said, if they feel like you can rebound, they want to see you hit the glass. And then knowing your role, they're going to trust you to put you on the court because they know when you get on the court, um, that's what you're going to do. Um so when yeah, you got sure. to to Dixie State, did you have a role that the that the coaches envisioned you in that you kind of had to buy into? Uh yeah, yes and no. You know that was that was so my first year was COVID year, so it was really and it was our first year D one, mm -hmm. so it was kind of a lot of experimenting and seeing you know what worked and what didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, and then by that next year, my junior year, uh, you know they were like, okay, you can score, you can dribble. Um, and you can defend. That was really the top three things that they wanted me to do. Hmm. Uh, but I had hurt my hand, like, early in the year. So, you know, I wasn't shooting it very well. And so they told me, all right, like, let's just focus on, you know, defense and being a good defender and stuff. So I really worked on my defense and try to, you know, get in there. And if I couldn't make plays on offense, I was trying to make plays on defense, hmm. make plays for others. Um, and then this year, you know, they really wanted me to step it up offensively and, and you know, 
pick up the slack and, and some points and stuff. And thankfully, I've been healthy, no injuries and stuff. So, you know, you got to just learn learn how to do what the coaches say, honestly. You know, at this level, like you said, coaches are no nonsense. They want what they want. They want consistency. I think consistency is a big thing, too. You know, if you're not getting it done, they'll find somebody else that'll do it. That's a so fact. you got to just – you got to work and you got to make sure that you're ready. Heck, yeah. Um, back to Humble real quick. When we was at Humble, I noticed you used to work out a lot with Jackson. Jackson, probably one of the best shooters i ever seen, bro, in person. Um, is there anything that you learned from him to kind of help your game on the collegiate level? Keep shooting. Keep shooting. He, no he would shoot it. You know, he would he could miss 12 in a row, and then he would go make 15 in a row, you know? Heck yeah, and he would just always tell me, like, in. just – he would always tell me just keep shooting it. Like, you know what I'm saying? You you put in the work, you know it'll go on eventually. And I think that's a big thing is confidence. You know, he taught me – and he taught me just, you know, to work. You know, he used to have me up on Sundays. Like, we'd have a game on Saturday. He would have me up Sunday, like, make me come down, get in the gym. Like, there's really no secret to this sh- to this stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. you got to work, man. Cuss, man. Don't be scared to cuss. Nah, my fault. Right? It's good. <laughs> but there's no secret to this shit, man, for real. You know, it, you got to work, man. It's just work. And it's just believing in yourself. And I think he, he really instilled that in me early. And seeing him as an older guy, you know, me being, like, 18, yeah, I was like, man, you know, if I want to shoot like him and, you know, score like that, I got to, you know what I'm saying, I got to get to it. Heck yeah, bro. Um, that's all I got for you for today. Uh, for today. Man, I appreciate you getting on here for me. Uh, you got anything you want to ask me or anything? Nah, man, it's just good, man. I see you doing good. I'm happy for you, bro. Yeah. It's a good little podcast you got going on, you know. I'm going to be successful and all that. Appreciate but, uh, it, bro. I'm just trying some. Yeah, everything is good, man. You know, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Heck good yeah. talks, you know. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, yeah, I'm going to tap in with you, though. I uh, appreciate you stopping on again. Yeah, of course, bro. It's good to talk to you all that. All right, bro. All right, I'm going to holler at you.